Lunch with Pepper Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk, featuring Wendy Nola. Always a pleasure to welcome Wendy Nola to the studio today. It's our studio in Johannesburg where our intrepid consumer journalist is based because she's up in Joburg uh, on the trail of a new story. Uh, we're going to revisit two topics we've mentioned before around airline bookings and unintended shoplifting. And the yes. reason we're going there, Wendy, is we have two new case studies which really are a reminder that we still need ongoing consumer awareness here. Exactly. So we're going there, but we have um, some news on a, a story we've been tracking on and off for some time. Absolutely. The listeners are quite invested in. Okay, yes. before we go there, let me just say we are going to give you an update on the Freedom Bakery case. Uh, just a reminder, it's it's open line after half past two, so you are also welcome. In addition to uh, joining in those conversations, you're welcome to call in with uh, any general consumer query on 021-446-0567. And, of course, the WhatsApp line is also at your disposal on 0725671567. But, right, Wendy, it was a couple of weeks ago we revisited the subject of Freedom Bakery in Bergfleet mm-hmm. and the ongoing concerns that it was not declaring its ingredients in a transparent way. Uh, Just for the sake of listeners who might have missed the earlier conversations, very briefly, let me tell you the background here, that for several years now, we have been following up on complaints that products that were being sold as gluten-free or implied to be gluten-free were actually being made with good old plain wheat flour. And tests conducted at a private lab had shown this to be the case. The owner was given opportunities several times to correct the incorrect labeling, and she effectively remained unrepentant. She insisted she was not using any glutinous products in the baking, suggested there was a personal vendetta against her, and this was all in everybody's imagination. Now, we battled for several years to get city health officials to follow up, and eventually they did, uh, telling us a a week or two ago that they had gathered samples from the bakery and tests were being conducted. Wendy, we now have the results of those tests. We do indeed. The official statement that I received um, either this morning or last night reads like this. The results indicated that gluten was present in the products sent for sampling. The city's environmental health department is dealing with the labeling infringement in that the source is not identified on the labels. In order to address this, a notice will be served on the owner of the establishment. So that's pretty unequivocal. There is something in those products containing gluten and that something is not being declared on the label. And this is not just about duping consumers into paying higher price for the goods. It's against the law, Wendy. It is because it's a health issue. So according to our um, food food labeling regulations, which are regulated by the um, Department of Health, gluten is one of the allergens which must, must by law be declared on the label of all products containing it. Because as we've discussed at length on previous shows, you know, for somebody that has... um, has uh, celiac disease, for example, and, yeah. and even for people who are gluten intolerant, it has it has um, an impact on their on their health, very Absolutely. real impact. Yeah. So, Freedom Bakery um, no longer. Quite a few years ago, it actually when the sort of um, controversy began, when it was first revealed, um, the test revealed, lab test revealed that there was gluten in the products. She removed the gluten free claim that she made on her baked goods uh, labels. Um, but the ingredients listed on the products, the ingredients lists do include um, products which which do not 
contain gluten such as coconut flour. So the assumption for anybody that, you know, buying these products would be that the product is gluten free. And in fact, um, Carte Blanche actually got, um, on hidden camera, they got, they asked the question of a staff member in the bakery, do these contain, are they gluten free? Yes, they're coconut. So very clearly they are, even though it's not on the label, they have been creating a very strong impression that, um, that these uh, products do not contain gluten. Okay, so the big question now, of course, is what does the city do with this information? How do they follow up on it? Uh, we did reach out to them to join us today to to discuss that, but you haven't had a response yet, Wendy. I did get a response a little while ago, okay. in fact, to say that no one's available to talk to us. I also, today, that I'll have to rely on that statement that I just read out. Okay. I also asked yesterday, as it was yesterday that I got the statement, I asked um, what does serving a notice mean? What kind of notice? Um, what are the implications for the bakery? And I haven't had a response to that either. <laughs> okay, so, so this is a two. That's all continued. we know for now. Okay. Yes, definitely. But just to recap, emphatically from the city's own environmental health department testing, there is no question there is gluten in those products, yes. and, and that I is think, without question. Yeah, I think it's significant, Pippa, because. Um, Harris Steinman's Facts Lab has conducted tests on a range of these uh, Freedom Bakery products going back to late 2016. I think he said it was 12, 12 tests times, he's done yeah. um, to date. And in every single case, the um, product tested, um, well, it tested for gluten. They tested for gluten levels consistent with wheat. But I strongly felt um, that you know, this is a city responsibility and that it needed, there's still so many people refuting the results saying, I don't know, with all sorts of, it just can't be true kind of thing. And I th- mm. I've strongly felt that the city needed to do its own tests um, to back that up as the responsible entity. Yeah. Um, and so at least we now have that and it remains to be seen what happens from now with that notice and, and going forward. But okay. it is very significant that it's not just not, not just a private lab. It's not consistently found gluten in these products. Okay. Yes. I also just want to mention, I mean, after our last conversation, um, one of our listeners who is uh, somebody who suffers with very severe consequences of celiac disease reached out to me saying there's so much education needed around this condition and what is celiac disease and what is gluten intolerance and what is just a, you know, why do some people think they're gluten intolerant when they're Mm. actually not? We have scheduled a conversation for the 11th of October where we will have a prof from UCT joining that conversation as well as that listener. Nicoletta, thank you so much for taking the initiative on that one and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully expand everybody's understanding of the condition and the consequences that potentially spring from this kind of mislabeling of food. So that's uh, coming up in uh, early October. Okay, so to be continued, we'll keep uh, keep our tabs on that one. Let's move on to our next update then, Wendy, which takes us back to the impact of cancelling one half of a flight that you had booked as a return flight. Just remind us of the context here. Okay, so it's, it's out of... It, it's, it's actually the impact of not cancelling because it's yeah. a, it's a no-show, either because you got stuck in horrendous traffic or because you deliberately bought a return ticket because it was cheaper to do that and only use one leg than buy that leg singly. Okay. So it was sort of taking advantage of, of the pricing, yeah. the, 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 the way that the industry prices those, especially internationally. So if you miss the first leg of your flight, many people would assume that the return leg remains valid. And I think that's a very fair assumption. You have paid in full for both legs in advance. It is your seat. But the airline industry has for years, or parts of the airline industry has for years, had a different idea of that. So if you don't specifically tell them that you still want that return flight, if you don't confirm it, 
um, or, or the next leg of your trip, um, it will be cancelled and you may end up having to pay a penalty or for a whole new flight, which is, which is fairly common. Now, as um, you said, Wendy, most of us would assume that's mm. not fair. How do they justify that policy? Well, I've been writing about and, and, and doing shows on this issue for a while now. Back in 2012, Kalula told me, and this is the, a quote from the official statement, the logic is that if the customer has not traveled to their destination, then we are un, then they are unlikely to return, and the airline will therefore attempt to sell the seat that will otherwise go empty. The practice is critical to containing the escalation of ticket prices, which is ultimately to the be- benefit of consumers. But for somebody who has a genuine, has a no-show and just thought, oh, well, I missed that flight, I'll make another arrangement to get where I need to go, but, you know, I've mm-hmm. got my return flight and suddenly that seat is resold they have been paid twice for the same seat yeah so that is an issue <laughs> yeah okay so do all of our domestic carriers take the stance here in south africa um it is only ba and kalula which is uh, the same company in south africa they yeah. penalize no shows in this way mango and south african airways don't and nor does fly Safair. but of course, quite a few people still get caught because they tick the T and C's box um, indicating that they did read the T's and C's but actually didn't. And that's um, I'd love to know the percentage, but I think it's very it's high, high percentage yeah. of people who, who do that. Had they done so, they would have seen stated in black and white that well, that if you fail to arrive for your, the flight that you booked, not only will you forfeit the cost of the ticket, but you'll also have your return or onward flight Cancelled unless you specifically say that that you must rebook it for them, um, and you could possibly have to pay a booking fee. So, if you think that there's any chance that this might happen, um, I think it's better to book two single trips, either with the same airline or with separate ones, ones, because yeah. then it's not all together in one leg, um, and and there's no chance that that could possibly happen to you. Okay, now you can, it has to be said this isn't just a South African problem; it's something that has come in for widespread criticism internationally as well, hasn't it? Very much so, and and very recently, the last year or so, particularly uh, year or two, in 2017, family law barrister James. Dove um, of the UK, he won compensation from Iberia Airlines after he missed a flight from London to Madrid. He he got there on he bought himself another one way ticket with another airline to get there. And uh, when he called Iberia, he actually took the initiative to call them and say, "I will still be needing that return trip, please." That return flight. He was told the entire trip had been cancelled, and he had to buy a second return flight to get home. So he actually paid double Oof, to get to Madrid yeah. and back. And then at the Mayors and City of London Court, a deputy district judge ordered Iberia to pay back the money for that Madrid London leg. Really? It's obviously not. It's, yeah, it's, it's sort of it's a precedent, but it doesn't. That particular ruling would not apply industry wide. But it is a very big indication of of where of what the courts the courts view of this practice is. Okay. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think in fairness to try and just sort of get to grips with the understanding of why this policy is there, etc. There is a reason some of the particularly the long standing international airlines do this. Wendy, it's a concept called skip lagging. Can you explain yes, it to us? Skip lagging is quite a term really it's when somebody as i said buys a ticket knowing full well that they won't be taking the, the whole itinerary they're only doing it because it works out cheaper than buying a single ticket um so many of the long-term carriers consider this a form of tariff tariff abuse and they use this as a justification for the immediate um cancellation rule among them british airways virgin atlantic emirates singapore airlines and american airlines 
KLM and Air France actually used to go a step further and actually fine customers up to two and a half thousand pounds if they missed any flights in their booking, uh, in, yeah. in, in, in any of the legs. Sure. But in April this year, the Commercial Court of Vienna ruled that the no-show clauses were inadmissible and those high fees could not be charged. An out-of-sequence fee could be charged, but the passenger had to be accommodated on the original flight. Okay, so that's the second legal ruling saying yes. you guys are out of line in this behavior. Okay, I want to bring in the, the current complainant, if I may, at yes. this point, because one of our listeners is the reason we are having this conversation again that made us realize this information needs to be repeated and more widely publicized. On the line with me is Martha Evans, a UCT academic who learned about this the hard way and the very expensive way. Um, Martha flew to Madrid last month to present at a conference, and while she was there, she was asked to extend her trip to carry on to a meeting in Denmark, and that's where her troubles began. Martha, thanks so much for joining us on the show this afternoon. Great to have you with us. Hi, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> so tell us what happened. Did you look initially at the possibility of, of adding the Denmark leg into your existing ticket that you had? Yes, I, I, I had a, a flight where, you know, I'd booked everything as cheaply as possible, so I wasn't able to change my return flight. So it became clear that the cheapest way for me to, to do it was just to buy a, a new ticket to Denmark and then back home. And then it transpired that the cheapest, cheapest way for me to do it was actually to buy a return ticket from Cape Town to Denmark and back home. But I am guilty as charged, a skip lagger who <laughs> never intended to take that first um, flight out. But I really had no idea that there was any such thing as the, the no-show clause. The, uh, you know, I've now gone back and looked at the, the fine print and it's, it's, it's even difficult for somebody like myself to understand. You know, they call it the out-of-sequence clause, which doesn't really sound the same as a, the no-show clause, which yeah. is what it's more informally uh, called. Um, so what happened was I um, I tried to check in in Denmark and I couldn't check in. So I asked the customer care, care line what was happening and they informed me the night before I was due to fly that my ticket had been cancelled. And then I got a lot of quite conflicting information. Uh, I said, well, will I still be able to fly? And they said, no, you can still use your ticket, but you'll be subject to the fee. So I wasn't sure if it had been cancelled, if I was going to be fine or, or, yeah. or what. Uh, but when I got to the airport in, in Billund, um, it, you know, the, I went to the check-in. They told me that the whole ticket had been cancelled. Um, and then I sort of phoned KLM and, they, you know, it's cancelled. It's, it's, it's registered as a no-show. You, you, your best bet is to buy a whole new ticket home, <laughs> which I had to do at the last minute. It's, you know, it was quite expensive. So... I bought a new ticket home and I've since been engaged in a, a, a sort of wrangle with them and I've managed to get um, most of the, the money back minus the 500 euro fee. But in actual fact, what they should have done is charged me at the airport and allowed me to use my original ticket because they've just changed their policy. And I wouldn't have known this if I hadn't read about it in the UK Guardian. Sure. So thank you to consumer journalists for uh, you know, <laughs> raising this issue again and again. I, I, I would nev- never have known I had any kind of compensation owing to me if it hadn't yeah. been for the journalists. And Wendy, I know you played a role here. You reached out to KLM asking them for, for feedback on this one, didn't you? Yeah. So, uh, well, I battled. I actually had to get Martha's help through her contacts. Uh, the Guardian, Martha, and and f- try and find uh, you know an address to, to. It's always hard when the it's, it's the airline the sort of outside, near. Anyway, I did pose the questions. I said, why was the airline's fine policy not implemented in Martha's case? 
In other words, why was your ticket resold, meaning that the airline sold the same seat twice? And I asked, is the airline now prepared to refund Martha the difference between what she was forced to pay for a new ticket and that 500 euro fine? Um, she had been given her tax airline and airport taxes back, rather. So you know, factoring all that in. An airline spokesman got back to me to say it was regretted that its staff at Brilliant Airport did not adhere to the airline's own policy, oh. apologized, and said Martha would indeed be refunded. So, Martha, have, is the money back in your account? Have you received that refund already? It, it got, it was, it, I got it back yesterday. But I should add that I, I spent quite a few weeks arguing with their customer care. Yeah. My last correspondence with them was, well, you know, they offered me vouchers, which are of no use to me because I'm not planning to travel. Um, and their last correspondence with me before I contacted journalists was, well, I'm sorry that we've been unable to resolve this satisfactorily. So it was only when I threatened or, you know, got journalists to speak on my behalf that um, that actually that they, they, you know, then changed their tune. And, 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 and 9,000 well, rand yeah. tune. And Martha got, it was around 9,000, yeah. wasn't it? 9,000 I mean, back, yeah. And, and, and Martha expect this, is, expressed this to me, and I, it's something that, that bothers me every day, and that is she she tried on her own as, you know, in a very capable way to get justice, mm. was interacting with them. She, a consumer shouldn't need the help of a third party, um, whether mm. it's a consumer journalist or an ombudsman or whatever, to get justice. These mm. companies should be doing it, you know, first of all, that the airline staff didn't adhere to their own policy and then trying to take it up beyond, you know, the, the, the counter people um, got her nowhere either. So that's the real problem here for me. Is that you know you that that shouldn't have you shouldn't have needed to do that you should have been able to get justice for yourself, mm, Martha. I'm exactly. glad you did keep fighting and ask for help and that you got the refund. And thanks so much for being willing to uh, to share the story with us so that other people learn from your costly mistake. We really appreciate it. <laughs> yes, the no show clause is no joke, Martha. Yeah. Evans, thank you, uh, complainant, that we can all learn from her bad experience. And uh, thank you, Wendy, for for fighting on until she got at least um, uh, the refund, albeit minus the fine and let everybody learn from this um i i know john i can see we want to take your call but i'm mindful of the time marching towards news so if you don't mind waiting a minute or two we'll come back to you straight after news uh i think john has a similar but different um experience to share with us and uh, we've also got a couple of voice notes so we'll take those after the 130 news headlines and then move on to the conversation about uh, another topic we've spoken about before that needs uh, revisiting and that's the issue of unintended shoplifting and its very serious consequences. So stay with us for that. Uh, we'll tackle those issues after th- uh, 2.30 and take your open line calls. Right, we're back to consumer talk and let's just continue the airline conversation before we uh, uh, move on to the other issue around shoplifting. John in Berkeley, thank you for your patience. You've been holding an awfully long time to share your story with us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon and no problem for the delay. It must be about 10 years ago that I was... My wife and I flying Cape Town to London and straight on to Washington, I think it was, and returning about 10 days later. And we were fortunately upgraded to business class on the transatlantic leg. Nice. Yeah, but they took us off the passenger manifest in economy and forgot to put us back on in business class. Mm. So 10 days later, when I wanted to return, they said, well, you never took the flight to USA so we took you off you know you're not here that's well here I am you know Uh, and fortunately I had turned up really really early for the flight and they were able to to get us back on the flight but that was a case of an upgrade which was nice but they didn't quite complete the paperwork and so I was 
down as a no-show. And that's, you know, you know John, uh, thank goodness for you, you were able to sort it out, but there's another glaring problem with that, is what if that, um, God forbid, that plane had gone down and your names hadn't been on the manifest? I mean, can you yeah, imagine all the complications? Yes, I hadn't thought of that aspect of it. Okay, uh, sorry to plant that horrible thought in your head. but uh, <laughs> Well, I, I made it back, and here I am, you know. Well, John, thanks for, for sharing that with us, and I'm glad that they uh, did come right and sort it out, seeing as it was their paperwork error that caused it. But, Wendy, there's another uh, good reason to, to check, double-check, and maybe get to the a- exactly. airport early as well. It actually happened to me too About six years ago Flying Virgin Atlantic To London And then on to Canada For a family reunion They Their flight plan Cancelled Just did a nosedive Just collapsed uh, Worldwide And so they got us to um, – we, we took off at 2 in the morning instead of yeah. 8 previous, and we got oh. to London too late for the connection, and they had to put us up. So we took a, the, the flight from Heathrow to Canada on exactly 24 hours later, but then the same thing. Had a lovely reunion, come to fly home. They hadn't updated the manifest. I had I'd been a no-show because – well, I went a day later, so I wasn't on that that London to Canada. I wasn't on the flight. Yeah. I was booked, and it caused—I won't go into details—but it 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 ruined the last day of my of my holiday. I, I spent yeah. that day on the phone trying to get, find a way of getting back home that didn't involve me oh, paying vast sums of money. So I have personal experience of this, this one issue. as well. Okay, yeah, we've got a couple of voice notes. Let's start with the one I think around Turkish Airlines. Let's take a listen. Okay, should we, are we having a technical issue, it sounds like, or are we going to get back to a voice note? Uh, sorry, just two or three on flights, and then we're going to move on to the shoplifting issue. Let's try that voice note again. Hi, I just want to share our experience with you. Um, my husband missed a flight from Cape Town to Istanbul. Um, for some reason, he couldn't get on the flight and had to rebuy, repurchase the whole ticket. And Turkish Airlines actually refunded him the full amount. Initially, they said he will get the airport taxes back um, because um, he didn't take off. He'd get airport taxes. And, you know, after a few months of emailing, etc., they refunded the full amount of the ticket. So, yeah, hats mm. off to Turkish Airlines. Yeah, hats off indeed. That's uh, that's very good, Wendy, and surprisingly good given the stories and we've heard. She, it took a while, but she, they didn't need any outside help, so that's a that's a big tick. That's they could do tick. it on their own. Okay, mm. okay well done, Turkish. Uh, another voice note? Hi, Pippa and Wendy. I have a question with regards single supplement for travellers. Is it Wendy's understanding that a single supplement should entitle the single traveler to equitable accommodation? I understand it's not double the rate. I understand that the supplement is to make up the shortfall of one person possibly filling a room that was meant for two. But I have recently returned from a trip where there were many single travelers and we all got the nun cell, you know, the single bed, no carpet on the floor, bare basics. Whereas couples got the double bed ensuite, luxurious by comparison accommodation. And I'm just wondering if one should complain about this, raise an issue about it, because. Generally, the single supplements is one and a half times what half of a couple's rate is. Be interested in your comment. Thanks a lot, Gillian.
Thanks, Gillian. Uh, what do you think, Wendy? Uh, it took me a while to click. She was t- not talking about airline yeah, me seats. Too. Sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, um, I, I didn't realize that was. I mean, I often travel on my own for business, and and I didn't. I've never had the experience of it being a substandard room in any way. Um, so. Um, I would certainly, if that is a thing, when I'm making when making a booking, and you can get that, you know, if it's a room meant for two and, only um, one and you're one, then you can understand you're not going to pay exactly half. But, but um, in terms of the the actual um, the amenities, the, the 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 luxury level of the room, should we say that that doesn't seem right at all. I would certainly then arm myself with information and spo- pose very specific questions when before making a booking as to whether the room is is on the same standard as a as a as a if you were booking a room for two or not, because I agree, I don't think that's um, I don't think that's a fair situation at all. Unless, unless the pri- you know the, the price of the room um, indicates that it's a uh, yeah that it's an every way much less of a room. Yeah, I've, I've never been asked that question before. Thank you, Gillian. Interesting I'll one, Gillian. Thank see you. what I can find out. Yes. Okay. Cape Talk, Consumer Talk. Call now. O two one double four six o five six seven. Consumer Talk continues with Wendy Nola joining us from our studios in Johannesburg. A quick update on the issue of unintended shoplifting, and then we'll take your open line calls on 021-446-0567. Wendy, some time ago we spoke about how unfortunately quite commonly customers may be caught unintentionally shoplifting. And we all shared our stories of putting the pocket of potatoes on the bottom of the trolley and then forgetting to scan it through the till or popping something in the bottom of the baby's pram and uh, not noticing that, you know, once it had rolled out of sight. Or or eating something and forgetting to put the wrapper through for yeah, payment. That's I'm absolutely also paranoid about that, yeah. I am now. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the, just remind us why this is, uh, obviously, it's, it's, you need to pay for the things that you are taking out of the shop. Nobody disputes this. But, but why the, is this particular issue such a big problem? The, the problem is that the store, from the security guard up to management of the store, it's an industry-wide practice, whether it's pick and pay, clicks, this game, whatever. They don't... Um, apply any discretion. They don't apply any judgment of uh, um, whether it's intentional or unintentional. So even when it's screamingly obvious to to the people in the to the people themselves and to the support systems or whatever that there was no intent, just by the set of circumstances that led up to the point of them walking out without paying for something, the the um, store it's store they call the police. They and and then it's out of their hands, and then it's up to the, um, the the court, the senior public prosecutor, whether they want to go ahead with prosecution. And if they do, um, then you're at the mercy of of the magistrate if if it goes to trial, or they offer you if you're a first attend a first offender rather the necro option. It's the, the diversion where they sort of try and rehabilitate you. But the snag there is that you have to admit guilt. And for many people who um, insist that it was un- totally unintentional. That does, doesn't sit well, obviously. Yeah. So then that's a very tough between a rock and a hard place kind of situation. So either you admit you did it, which you know is offending your sense of oh, yeah, justice, and yeah. yeah, and and you don't get a record, or you throw yourself at the mercy of of the court. In which case, you, you know, you are best served by um, engaging an attorney, which doesn't come Cheap. cheaply, and so. 
we've I've ha- I've covered so many cases. I think the the more that I talk about it, the more cases come come to me. It's actually very rough. Yeah. Um, now there was and a particular, so I had this, yeah we had this yeah. particular case that came through that just made us go. You know what? We've got to remind everybody about these potential consequences. Because tell and, us what happened, Wendy. And it's a it's a pram issue, and I've spoken to retailers off the record, off air, and they say we just. It's hard to what another pram, you know. So, yeah. so what happened was, um, uh, let me get to the actual story. Um, it, a woman, uh, I was emailed or phoned and then emailed by the husband of a woman who went to pick and pay Seapoint with their 13 month old twins. Um, in their pram, she bought 900 rands worth of groceries. Now, she did what I did when I had two babies under the age of 18 months. So yeah. I, I got used to doing this. You know, we'd, we'd hang the, hang the, instead of putting trolleys, the, the groceries in a basket or trolley, you sort of use the pram as a, as a, as a, as a makeshift trolley and you yeah. put your stuff here. Then when she did that, she had a bag hanging off uh, the handles of the pram. And when that was full, um, she used the bottom of the trolley, of the pram rather, to store some baby formula. And baby formula um, is among the products that are high theft. And so the stores invest in those security electronic tags that are sort of bolted, for want of a better yeah. word, that are firmly attached to the product. And they will set off an alarm sound as you exit with them. And that's exactly what happened in this woman's case. 175, 175 rand uh, turn of infant formula. So the security guard uh, took her up to the manager's office where she and these two little girls were detained in, in a stock room. Uh, not, the, not the office, actually. She said it was more like a stock room waiting for the security manager to come from another branch. Two and a half hours later, um, and I remember what a 13-month child is like, imagine Oof, two, yeah. um, past the feeding time, trying to make a plan with food she'd bought to feed them. Anyway, I don't know whatever happened to that security manager, but two and a half hours later, the police arrived and she was led out of the store um, in handcuffs and put into the back of a police fan. Her husband had arrived by that stage. Um, she was put in a, um, a police cell and told that she may have to spend the night there because they couldn't process this whole thing. There weren't, weren't enough people around. It was at that point that her husband engaged an attorney and she was finally discharged at between half past seven and eight o'clock that night from a, an incident sure. that began at noon. At noon, yeah. At the, at the exit of that uh, store. So the next morning, the public prosecutor, the Cape Town Magistrates Court looked at the case, um, and said, no, there's no case here. I'm dismissing it. Um, and of course they came to me because they felt that this was an overzealous um, treatment mm-hmm. uh, response to an alleged shoplifting, understanding that shoplifting is a major problem and there must be zero tolerance, but they just felt surely, I mean, who would steal an, a thing of formula knowing it's got this great big tag, you can't miss it and it's going to go set off an alarm. It was, anyway, we can't say what happened for sure, but I took up the case with pick and pay and um I said, you know, to be detained in the store for as long as this woman was and then to be marched out in handcuffs appears to me to be a bit disproportionate to the alleged crime. They, they, surely I said there must be a workable way of avo- avoiding these traumatic time-wasting experience while still maintaining a zero-tolerance policy towards, in, you know, intentional shoplifting. The response I got was, we are sorry that um, Mrs. G had to experience this and we realize it's not a pleasant one. We understand that there are incidents with no intent to shoplift and that mistakes sometimes do happen. At the time of these incidents, it's difficult for stores to make a judgment though, a judgment call on each incident. So we always follow 
industry procedure, which I've just said, which is to notify the police should a customer leave the store without paying for something. This is done to ensure that all customers are treated equally, whatever the circumstances is that issue where mm. there could be um, accusations of bias. Unfortunately, the statement continued. Retail crime, shoplifting and concealment is a very real issue faced by the entire industry. While we have security procedures in place to prevent shoplifting and avoid unnecessary incidents, this is becoming something our stores continue to face every day. We do ask our customers to be especially careful when leaving our stores and to make sure all items have been paid for. I just think it's, I want to speak especially to women with prams, mm. that this is a very high, high danger area, high risk for unintentional shoplifting. And you really don't want to be detained for any length of time with your children, small children Absolutely with you. Yeah. I mean, it's just a complete nightmare. So to please, I would love to see signs up in stores. I would love to see cashiers saying to, to moms with prams who have used the pram as a, as a kind of trolley, please make sure. Are you sure you've got everything out of yeah. every, you know, at the bottom? Please check because I, I just, yeah. So if they're not going to do that, I would, I would, I just want to take this opportunity again to say, Please, please, please be very, very mindful at the till if you're doing that um, and you've got a yeah. plan. Wendy, I mean, I think it's such a good idea. I can't, I absolutely concede that shops have got to be able to act against shoplifting. We know it is a huge problem. I also concede that it is ultimately our responsibility to make of sure course. that we pay for what we take. But I think that, that, that simple proposal of the cashier saying, instead of just going, do you have bags or do you want bags? Do you want bags? And please have you checked the bottom of your pram to make sure there's nothing in there. Um, given that yeah. it happens apparently that the pram situation is, 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 is really not a, a, a rare thing. It's very, very common. Okay. Very, very common. And I would imagine that there would be some that intentionally did it. I mean, that's the reality. That is but, the reality, yeah. But many who don't, and what an ordeal to go through with your very young children. Children, Absolutely. Um, the handcuffs, the, 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 the detainment, um, possibly even spending the night in jail. Obviously, they'd and make a plan for your children yeah. not to. But, but, but the trauma involved in that's, that, that, that flows from that moment of – and let's face it, we are more distracted when we're with our young children. Completely. That's just how it is. Yeah. So I just, I just thought that, that this incident sort of had an impact on me, and I thought we need really – please, Pram, spread the word. Okay. <laughs> Be mindful at the till. Well, we've got a few people wanting to respond, so let me take a call, a voice note, then a call. Mike in Cape Town uh, responding to this latest story we've just shared. Good afternoon. Um, hi. I'm about to get out of my car and go to pick and play. I'm not going there anymore. I'm absolutely irate at the way that this poor, poor woman was treated. I've got a grand, got a daughter who's got two granddaughters. And, and you know, the idea that this could have happened to them is ridiculous. What kind of people are these? Have they got no understanding of any discussion? I'm going to check his right now. All right, Mike. I'm really cross. Well, we can hear that Mike in Cape Town acting with his feet in response. Thanks for your call, Mike. And uh, yeah, I'm guessing there are probably a lot of people feeling um, uh, as Mike is feeling. Wendy, there are possibly I, other people feeling the other way that the store was within its rights to protect itself yes. against shoplifting. And I'm I'm not trying to protect, pick and pair, share it all because I feel that discretion should have been applied. But this is not a, a one supermarket specific case. It would have happened. I'm, I'm very certain that the same thing would have happened in any other supermarket or a retailer. The industry has this. We will ma- not make a judgment call in the store. We will call the police. Yeah. And that's what, that's why I'm saying, please, 
you know, you, you, this, you really need to, um, be aware of that. Doesn't matter if you meant to or not, you are going to go through this ordeal. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's really, this happened to me if you can pay, but I've had, I've had others, uh, we recent, the recent case we did was clicks. I've had, I've had ShopRite, I've had checkers. They all do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. They all do the same thing. Let's listen to a voice note. Just wanted to comment on the, um, the inadvertent shoplifting. Surely if that is the case and one can be held liable like that, then if the store is to charge you, overcharge you inadvertently, then they would be in the same position. And you could also uh, take them to court or sue them. Uh, it's the same thing. It's just the other way around. I'm Richard. What do you think of Richard's perspective, Wendy? Well, then it's the same thing. It would be up to the court to decide whether they mean to <laughs> or not. We'll go to the Umid. But yes, it's a, it's a good point because... I often find in, 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 in this job, you know, I've said, you know, if you owe a company money, there's all sorts of horrible things that they can do to you. They could blacklist you and your credit record could be ruined. You can be handed over and have the amount you owe swelled by interest and costs and whatever. But if you, if they owe you money for months or years, they, if you get it back, it was like, okay, here's your money. You can forget any interest. What else do you do? So there is a, there is an imbalance there. And yeah. most definitely, and and um, that example, I suppose, is one of them. Yeah, okay. for sure. Well, two very interesting responses. Vic emailing to say, when surely where there are packers, they could also have a squiz before you leave the pay point. He's, it said, Vic saying, it happened to me once just after I'd heard one of your shows discussing that. Vic, it's interesting that you sent that email because as you were sending it, Barbara, who is a manager in a checkers store, actually phoned in to say it is the packer's responsibility to check the trolley. Um, so I, I'd not heard that before. For. Um, it could Lord be. Yeah. In, in fact, none of the stores have told me that. Yeah. In this case, the in fairness to the packer, it the it was sort of the flaps of the it was quite well concealed. The flaps mm. were not like having um, a, a jumbo pack of toilet rolls or potatoes or whatever on that bottom shelf of a trolley where it is quite easy to just turn your head and have a look. Yeah. Um, the, the prams do allow for concealment. Okay, thanks. We're very briefly going to speak to uh, PJ in Gordon's Bay before we must wrap. PJ, you've had an experience with us yourself, I believe. Yes, I have, to, Pippa. I went to the Gordon's Bay spa after being to the library to buy, just to buy electricity. When I was walking out, the manager tapped me on my shoulder and told me to go to the office. I'm 72 years and I have a walker. And he said, I've stolen bones. So I thought this is very strange because I'm vegetarian. And anyway, they unpacked my bag and all they saw was there was library books. And then the manager has a cheek to say to me that did I give the bones to anybody else? Wow. And on top of that, I had to wait for them to go get somebody from the butchery to identify me. And she came along and she took a look at me and she says, no, 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 that's not the lady. The lady Oof. that bought the bones was thin. <laughs> and oh, was <laughs> and then, uh, and with no recourse at all, I walked out the shop very humiliated. What do you that's, think of that? But that's a PJ, terrible story. If I were you, I'd never shop there again. Have you ever been back into that store? I haven't put a foot in that store again, I promise you. But that it, is... it, it just is so ugly. Um, to think you go to buy electricity, I was nowhere near the butcher, 
and and then to be told that no. I had given the bones to somebody else. And then that you actually you you you're you're the opposite of thin. Oh, no, gosh. no, no. I think what that shows very low empathy response. Um, you know, offering you a, a cup of tea or, or or some flowers or something, and, yeah. and giving you a heartfelt apology would have been the thing to do there. Very yeah. sorry you went through that, PJ. I am so sorry, PJ. Wendy, you've opened up uh, several really important issues today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for the ongoing work, and uh, we'll be chatting to you again next week. Thanks, Pippa. We will indeed. Wendy Nola, reminder her email address if you'd like to raise a topic is consumer at nola.co.za.